Thinner Logs is a Chicago-based sketch group that writes comedy grounded in shared true, personal stories about our existence as lifelong nerds. We started your stories to give everyone a chance to do what we do, share their own stories, and foster a more heartfelt, welcoming nerd community. Your Stories is about embracing the weird and obscure in your life and asserting your geekdom with a group that gets your references. And, most importantly, Your Stories is a place to bring people up, not to put anyone down. Hey everybody, my name is Eric Arnaud, and this is part two of the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories January 2015 podcast, which features the theme annual, Because It's Our Third Birthday as the podcast. To celebrate, we invited back some of our favorite storytellers from the prior year, and this episode we're stoked to welcome Chris Crotwell, Nate Bechtel, Alex Cox, Trin Garitano, Maggie Wagner, and Andrew Bentley to the stage. You'll also hear myself, Dwight Hassler, and Claire Friedman perform some of our favorite songs from 2014 with an assist from super cool guy Jim Snedeker. Uh, so guys, if you're a fan of the Nerdalog, we have lots of cool stuff coming up you can enjoy. For instance, next Sunday, the 25th, we'll be opening for Improvised Star Trek at IO Chicago. Uh, that is at 8.30 p.m. Uh, we love those guys. We're really excited to do this. Uh, a couple weeks after that, we're headed to Los Angeles for a couple outings, a sketch show at UCB Sunset on Friday, February 6th, and a Your Stories recording at Dinosaur Coffee on Saturday, February 7th. Details about these shows are available on our website and Facebook page, but if you're a West Coaster, we would love to see you there. Uh, we've also got our usual assortment of podcasts coming out to you, including Talking Games with Tim and Clayton every Tuesday, and MBSing with Mary Beth Smith every Wednesday. Plus, we're going to have lots of bonus episodes of your stories coming down the line, so keep your eyes out for that. Uh, otherwise, thanks as always for your support, and we will see you all soon. Uh, it was mentioned that I wasn't here last month, which is shameful. I know it was because of work, but there was a, uh, a carrot at the end of that long weekend of work. Which is, uh, I got to meet the new pornographers because I was in New Jersey uh, while they were doing the Chicago show, but then they had a, a New York show, and there was a charity auction to get VIP tickets to the show, and I bid on it. I bid exactly the amount of my bonus for going to New Jersey, and I won the auction. So the day after work, I got to take a train up to Manhattan and go fucking meet the new pornographers, which was... So uh, how do they smell? <laughs> It smelled lovely. Um, so, the thing about that is like, and I, I brought, I did the most nerdy thing you can imagine. They have this song and an album called Challengers. Uh, Claire and I sang it years ago at the comic book store Challengers. It's online. You can listen to it. Um, so I, I found the only copy of a Silver Age Challengers book that my store had, and I bought it, and I took it to them to sign, because I'm like, what do I want the new pornographers to sign? This issue of fucking Challengers of the Unknown. Uh, Carl Newman, the singer, confirmed that yes, that song in the album is named after the comic, <gasps> so I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, the Wrecking Crew in Use It is not named after the Spider-Man villain's Wrecking Crew. He had no oh. idea what I was talking about. <laughs> um, but the thing of it was that I I got to meet everyone in the band except Nico Case. Uh, Nico Case is one of my heroes, and I guess because she's such a busy lady, she doesn't hang out before or after shows, and I could not get her to sign my challengers. So... Next time she's in Chicago, what's that thing between like being a normal person and stalking someone? Like that gray area? That's that's what I'm gonna do <laughs> to get that signature. Mm, I think it's just stalking. <laughs> <laughs> not sure how much gray area there is. So, uh, 
Here's a song by the New Pornographers who put out a really good album this year called Brill Bruisers. It's about the singer Carl's son, or as Claire just called him, Carl's Jr. at all. I probably heard less new music this year than I ever have in my life, which I don't know, too much time listening to podcasts, I guess. But, some good songs out there. Here's one, Dwight Pick. You got anything you want to say about this guy? Eh. It's a song I like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Again, it's cheating. They they released this a long time ago, but uh, once they got a label on a label, they uh, changed their name from Envy to Nico and Vins uh, because they didn't want any confusion and then the song got like re-released, so... Uh, that's why I'm doing it. So you're saying you picked two cheater songs? Two cheater songs. Such a fucking cheater. Uh, Deal with it. I think we can all acknowledge right now that Dwight is the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Dwight, you're out. Jim's in. I don't know. Come on, Jim. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever met Dwight, but like, dick. (laughs) That's such a lie, you guys. Aww. Oh, that's so good at hugs. No, get get away. Get, <laughs> away. get off. Get out. Get out. No, You're no, done. You're no, done. No. Accept we- it. <laughs> Am I wrong? 
ain't trying to do what everybody else doing Just cause everybody doing what they all do If one thing I know, I'll fall but I'll grow I'm walking down this road of mine, this road that I call home So am I wrong? Thinking that we could be something for real Now am I wrong? You're trying to reach the things that I can't see That's just how I feel That's just how I feel That's just how I feel Trying to reach the things that I can't see Am I tripping For having a vision My prediction I'ma be on top of the world Walking, walking, don't look back Always do what you decide Don't let them control your life That's just how I feel Fight for yours and don't let go Don't let them compare you, no Don't worry, you're not alone That's just how I feel, no, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Try to think that something be for real Oh, yeah, 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 yeah Oh, now am I wrong? Am I wrong? Try to reach the things that I can't see Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah That's just how I feel That's just how I feel That's just how I feel Try to reach the things that I can't see If you tell me I'm wrong, wrong I don't wanna be right, right If you tell me I'm wrong, wrong I don't wanna be right So am I wrong? Am I wrong? I'm thinking that we could be something for real Yeah, 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 oh Now am I wrong? Am I wrong? Try to reach the things that I can't see Oh, yeah, 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 oh That's just how I feel That's just how I feel That's just how I feel the things that I can't see, 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 see. Woo! Thank you, guys. Uh, we had a debate earlier today about whether or not that song actually ends on him saying woo. <laughs> and it does. Uh, <laughs> it does. I was wrong. My water again. Am I wrong? I was. Guys, this- Next person coming to the stage um, has never not been on a, a year-end uh, uh, compilation because he always just fucking knocks it out of the park. Spoiler alert, this year is going to be no different. But let's see what he's got new for us. Chris Crotwell. Three years. Keep it up the streak. Suck it. <laughs> I will not. No, it's okay. Um, noted. Um, so I spent most of my childhood by myself. My brother's ten years older than me, so he moved out of the house when I was like seven. I was essentially an only child. We had three acres, and I entertained myself pretty damn well. I used to carve swords. Like one sword, like eight or nine swords, and hide them all over the yard. <laughs> and then when I was right in the middle of a huge, ferocious battle with orcs or some other fantasy shit, <laughs> they'd knock one out of my hand. 
And I'll do like a rolling back dive and pick up another one. Ha ha! <laughs> Take that, sneaky bastards. I'd climb trees and read books, and uh, behind the house there was a barbed wire fence, and the person that owned all the property on the other side of it was a retired NASCAR driver who still had like a whole country racing skunk works going on back there. Oh. And I would sneak back there and pretend I was a spy, and they hated that shit, but I yeah. thought it was great. <laughs> um, but I spent most of my time by myself. This year, I turned 29, and for the very first time in my life, I'm living alone. I have a studio apartment. It's just a box with all my shit in it. Uh, the kitchen is just right next to my bed, and it's great. And I thought it would be terrifying. When I was moving, I rented uh, an appliance dolly and moved almost my entire apartment by myself the mile and a half to where I was moving, just back and forth for two days, which will make people think you're lunatic. <laughs> why are you rolling, like, why are you rolling all your shit down Broadway, man? <laughs> That's a really weird thing to do. And when I closed the door that first night, I didn't know what was gonna happen, because being stuck in your own head by yourself, can seem like sort of a nightmare when you've got the sack of cats between your ears, I do, at this point in my life. The great thing about hanging out by myself when I was little is that I, was, I wasn't I was damaged and I was sane. So now it's totally different. Um, but I love it. It's amazing. Uh, it involves a lot of me being able to unscrew the top of my head, tip it out on the floor, take a good hard look at it, and nobody can see. Right? Like, if I want to put on a Robin album and dance naked with my Christmas tree, I can just do that. No one can see me. Right? Or if I just burst into tears in the middle of David Attenborough talking about something, no one, no one, no one gets to see that. And I take a bath every day. And not like normal baths, like fancy baths. I've invested in salts and oils. I bought, I bought candles. I put on soft music. I get to know myself a little better for one hour every night. And nobody can walk into that bathroom. And if they did, I'd be in real trouble because they, they definitely shouldn't be in my apartment. Um, I've always lived with other people my entire life, always. Uh, moved out of my parents' house and the dormitories. Went straight from the dormitory to being married shortly, then back into the dormitories briefly for a very strange period. Then I moved into a weird flop house in Tuscaloosa with a bunch of my friends and lived out this bizarre sloppy post-adolescence for a while. Then I spent three years living with Chris Geiger. And this last year, we decided we should both go our, our, our own ways because, you know, otherwise we'd sort of just have to get married or something. <laughs> and we'd make each other miserable. I'd be a horrible wife for Chris. He'll find someone much better than me. Um... But next year, Shelby is moving back to Chicago. My girlfriend Shelby is moving back, and we're gonna get, we're gonna get an apartment together. So this is very conceivably the only year of my entire life that I will ever, ever live alone. Uh, so I'm just, I've gone into it whole hog. I always said I'd have all my shit sorted by 30, and I don't think that anymore, but this year's gonna give me a great chance to fight a lot of those demons. And I don't have swords all over my apartment, but I have three kinds of sea salt and five kinds of bath salt. 
Yeah. You know? And I never have to wear pants. I can have conversations with inanimate objects and no one is there to notice. Um, and I don't judge myself for stuff like that. And other people almost certainly would. I like talking to myself. It's very productive for me. Uh, I can't hear my voice in my own head. That's one of the reasons I like coming to do this. Until it's out there, I don't know how to have a conversation with me. So if there's something I really need to think about, unless I want everyone in the CTA to think I'm a fucking nutbag, no. I have to wait till I get back home. Or I'd, like, go to the bathroom for half an hour at work and just be like, those motherfuckers. <laughs> Teenagers are so mean, y'all. They're mean as shit. They really are. They're so mean. But uh, what I'm doing this year is I'm taking the time to sort through a bunch of stuff that I feel like I need to sort through while no one is watching. And I've never had that opportunity before. So I, I'm fighting interesting battles in my own head, and they might not be, like, grandiose fantasies, and it might not be all orcs and pirates. And I'm not always the hero anymore. And it's not as comfortable to spend all my days by myself as it was when I was nine. But God, sometimes after a long, long day, it is so good to just have a conversation with a Christmas tree and take a goddamn bath. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. So bath salts, thumbs up? Oh, oh please. Alright. I'd be a fool not to take a bath at least every once in a while. <laughs> Important. I'm the softest I have ever been. <laughs> Important life lessons. I'm sure I can confirm that. Oh boy. Speaking of, uh, of things Kyle can confirm by the sense of touch, our next speaker. Dude, you really. <laughs> you really gotta. You gotta treat Kyle nicer. Nate Bechtel, come on, buddy. The thing you don't know is Kyle reads every edition of his fan fiction of me, whether I want him to or not. So that wasn't a surprise. His lies. Except for a few things. I do wear a robe a lot. Alright, so I decided that I would like to share with you a story of my family's annual tradition. I had it on a screen, but unfortunately it didn't want to load when I got here. So I'm going off book, so this will be fun. The annual tradition is of how my mom likes to get us all together and we watch Frank Capra's classic, It's a Wonderful Life. And the other tradition is that my father, my two sisters, and I spend that whole runtime shitting on the entire movie. (laughs) Because when you force someone from the ages of 6 until 23 to watch an optimistic, heartwarming tale every fucking year, they're going to go a little (laughs) stir-fry. Now, my favorite part is that it would begin... My mom did notice that around the time we were 8 that we started to drop off, so she needed to start bribing us to come and it started with Ben and Jerry's pints and then a new pair of pajama pants because I was already 80 at that age (laughs) 
And we began to do things like hide under a certain coffee table to look like you were just under it for the movie and then leave your shoes behind as you army crawl out the room. Uh, <laughs> there's one time <laughs> they found me in the basement playing Gauntlet Dark Legacy right around the time that Uncle Billy was laughing his stupid fucking face off in front of Mr. Potter while leaving the goddamn money on the table. <laughs> if we have learned anything from that movie, it's that we should put down the absent-minded relative because they will bring ruin and destruction on <laughs> everything they touch. Uncle Billy is the villain of that movie. Mr. Potter did nothing compared to his fat face. (laughs) So that's a tangent. (laughs) Um, But no, we all know the movie. It's really heartwarming in a disgusting way for a movie that is really about a guy's fever dream after almost committing suicide plunging into waters and then having a dream where he erases himself from reality, goes to an altered dimension and goes, you know what? I shouldn't kill myself. Let me tell my kids this. Like, it's a really disturbing tale if you think the angel isn't real. <laughs> um, but it it's also just one of those weird things that now that I'm older, it's like, okay, things are cracking a little through and you're not seen the whole optimistic picture like he's keeping Mary in that bush a long time while she's naked (laughs) like I'm counting this off and apparently it's okay if you marry her afterwards but it's just yeah no watch it it's really fucking dark he stands there and says you can come out if you say what I want you to Jimmy has some issues (laughs) but it's just to this long point but my favorite thing is that my mom to this day doesn't care no matter how many times we bitch no matter how many times we do anything she's like no you animals are going to watch a movie where a guy is thankful for his life (laughs) and he says it to the people in it (laughs) anyway uh obviously going off book was a little rougher but that's my tale So this is the uh, this is the third time in two days that It's a Wonderful Life has come up. I've never seen it. Is it worth watching? Yes. 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 Let's go to the music box. box. All right. Go to the music box, Eric. It's so is good. Eric, come to the music box. Matt. Eric, come to the music box. Go in Matt Young's voice was the most most commanding yet soothing, so I'll listen to Matt Young. You're welcome. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Captain Baxter. All right, have you guys heard about a game called Cards Against Humanity? No. Well, that's too bad, because we have a couple speakers who work there and are great. Coming up first, Alex Cox. That's a stupid game. My boss is here. Sorry. Um... (laughs) Let me boop this up. Uh, I also have a fun t- family tale. Um, all right. Uh, so I really love Christmas. There are twinkly lights and really pretty smells like everywhere, and a shit ton of homemade snacks and an excuse to get really drunk around your family, which I enjoy. Um, so when I think about annual, I think about my favorite Christmas tradition, which is telling everyone who will listen just how fucked up the concept of Santa is. Uh, and if you've been in a room with me for more than five minutes, you know this story already, so I'm really sorry. Um, 
And also, this is kind of similar to a This American Life story, but mine doesn't involve my parents leaving me in a forest with unexplained bones. Uh, so you should listen <laughs> to that episode. <laughs> yeah, no, really, listen to it. It's great. Um, we all know the traditional stories of Santa, how he's omnipotent, presumably immortal, and breaks into our houses once a year. And he might just leave you coal if you're bad, but he also has a buddy named Krampus who will kidnap you in a sack and bring you back to his demonic lair to torture you. That's skimmed over a lot in our culture. Um, and I'm not even going to touch on the enslaved elves part at the North Pole. Hermione Granger has the defini- definitive uh, elf activist culture cornered. Um <laughs> My second favorite Christmas tra- uh, tradition is trying to figure out where the fuck my parents hide the presents. Yeah. <laughs> I never believed in Santa. The concept was absolutely absurd and stupid to me. Like, I have a lot of irrational anxieties, but even as a four-year-old, I'm like, oh, there's no way a fat guy in a sleigh can ride around the world. So that's, you know, that's uh, he's not watching me when I'm sleeping. Everything's good. Um <laughs> And my parents to this day still will not acknowledge that Santa doesn't exist. The only concrete evidence I have, in fact, that he doesn't, is that one time my parents got us this giant tent and they put the box in the recycling bin and I found it. Um, and I was like, Mom, come on, you can't. It's it's right there. And she explained that, like, well, Santa has access to the recycling bin and he cares about the earth because he has to travel around it, which, to be fair, is, like, a really good argument for a four-year-old, but I still didn't buy it. <laughs> um, but, like, a really funny thing happened after that. Uh, and, and they've left no trace of how they get our Christmas presents every year. Um, and I used to search the house when no one was home, And, like, generally I was a really good kid, but about this I was a total little shit. Um, I would check the mail every day, like, as soon as I got home from school, see if there was any packages. And I tore through all of the closet and nooks in our, uh, all through our house, in our basement. And I did find a lot of, like, really weird hidden spots in our house, which is creepy because my parents built the house. Um, but I only find, found gifts that they were, like, giving each other, so it was, like, golf balls and sweaters and shit like that. Um, and it's it's not like I wanted to know what presents I was getting. I just wanted to know how the fuck they were doing this because what the fuck? Uh, and in, <laughs> in high school, I de- developed this theory that my mom was hiding our presents at my cousin's house and they just lived down the street. So uh, I conducted a search of their house while they weren't home because I had the keys that's a normal thing you do. Um, <laughs> and I found their presents in like a half an hour because my aunt was just really shitty at hiding presents, I guess. <laughs> but ours were nowhere to be found. Um, and, oh, someone asked me earlier today, like, oh, didn't you try staying up all night? And I'm like, this fuck, it's just not fucking amateur hour. I've tried that every year since I was four years old. And there's no sound. At one time I was really tired and then I set an hour, I set an alarm for every hour and woke up and checked and nothing. It was weird. Uh, and finally last year I tried to brute force hack my mom's Amazon account. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not that bad. God. <laughs> um, but uh, they actually called her to tell her to change her password and in a panic she asked me to do it because you know I do computers and the internet. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like yeah mom your security was compromised I can change it no big deal. And I thought, finally, oh, my God, I have what I've been looking for. 
so I changed her password to like puppies four one one, and um, I looked through like literally years of Amazon purchases until I got to like the, the very beginning and like where she bought her first Kindle, and there was like no toys, nothing that ever resembled anything that we got for Christmas. And, like, there's there's really no end to this story, because in a couple of weeks, I'm going to surprised, be surprised by the stuff that's under the trees. Uh, but it's kind of nice, because it's like, this is an obsessive compulsion that my parents and I share every holiday season, where they have been pulling, like, our culture's greatest prank, but for 20 years. <laughs> and I have just been failing to solve this mystery. Uh, however, it is now really cheap to test for DNA, so I might, like, send a cookie off to a lab. Um, no, it's I, it's like a problem. One of my best friends from high school is in the audience, and she's like, our kids can't hang out. You're going to fuck them over. It's, you're going to mess them up too much. Um, and actually, the whole reason I'm here tonight is because I asked, like, oh, is there any spots open, just in case? Um, and so then I sent a screenshot to my mom, and I was like, hey, I'm going to talk about Santa Anything you want to tell me? And she's like, I don't know. Maybe you should send a letter to the North Pole. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't cheer her on. She's been fucking with me for 20 years. Um, <laughs> uh, so if anyone has any suggestions, let me know. And happy anniversary to your stories. Thank you for warming my Santa-hating heart. Thanks, uh. Thank you, Alex. Honestly, that is that is really awesome. Like, I'm a, I'm a skeptic and an atheist, whatever, whatever, and I believe just a little bit now. Like, you filled my belief meter to like <laughs> 0.5 of a percent. Like, maybe, just no, that's not true. But that's still really awesome. He's out there. He's the truth is out there. He's real. <laughs> All right. So our next speaker uh, joined us at C2E2. That was not the most technically sound show we ever had. Um, Kevin is non-union. That helps a lot. Because we're not going to have any problems hearing or enjoying the stories of Trin Garitano. So, hi. Alright. So the theme is annual, which um, I like. And uh, it made me start thinking about the things in my life that um, I've had around for years. Like things, people, stuff. um, That like just haven't gone away. That are recurring. That are permanent. um, That I like having around. And um, I can only think of two. And the first one is uh, my husband, which is adorable. Uh, but the second one is World of Warcraft. <laughs> it, uh, it gets into your blood. It never leaves you. Um, sometimes my husband plays Hearthstone, shares the same sound effects as World of Warcraft, and I, like, get the shakes. Like, I want to, like, get online and play again. Um, so let's talk about how those two things actually go together really well. So my parents are still together and happily still together. They met when they were 12 which is really cute, uh, but it sets up a really dangerous precedent for their children because at the age of about 15, I figured that ship had sailed. Uh. I <laughs> I was never going to find my soulmate. I thought maybe he died or something, which is super depressing. Um, but from that point onward, I just kind of figured that, that that was it. Like, okay, fine, everything else is, is temporary. Um, and uh, nothing matters. So I made out with a lot of people. Good for me. Um, but, <laughs> but I didn't have a lot of serious relationships because that's not a really sound foundation for anything. Um, and uh, I just kind of figured something either was wrong with me or maybe I just, what's the point? Um, in, in my 20s, I, I finally 
had a boyfriend. Um, I really don't know how that happened. He was just the happiest guy on earth. He was like a Labrador of a dude. Like he was just super friendly and like super nice and like super dumb, but really, really great to be around. Um, and way cooler than me. Um, he was in a band. Um, he had a ton of friends. Um, one time he threw me a birthday party and it was me, him and all of his friends. It was great, but I really didn't know anybody there. Um, but yeah, so so that was that was really good. Um, but there were so many things that we didn't really see eye to eye on. Um, and the number one thing was my playing of World of Warcraft because if you've ever played World of Warcraft, you know that's not so much a game as it is a part time job. Like you get home and you take off your pants and you put on your PJs and then you sit there for six hours and you try to kill a wizard. Um, and that's really hard to describe to somebody who like doesn't play games. Um, so, like a practical, normal, healthy person, I decided that this and many other of my defects are things that I should lie about and hide in my relationship. Um, so he'd call me, and um, I'd call him back four hours later and be like, sorry, honey, I was in the shower. Uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't quite work, so um, eventually it did kind of crumble and fade. Um, I, so I needed a roommate. Andy moved in. And if you have ever lived with another human adult, you know you can't hide anything from your roommate. Uh, within a couple of weeks, we were basically farting openly around each other, eating tacos. It was the, like, the best friendship I ever had. <laughs> Andy uh, is, and in some respects continues to be, um, a games journalist, so he plays a lot of video games. Uh, and one day, I think we were farting and eating tacos, and he said to me, um, you know, I was thinking about picking up World of Warcraft again. It was like, you know, the Hallelujah Chorus was, was playing and, like, lights were shining down upon me. Like, a bluebird alighted on my shoulder. I was so fucking excited. And then he said, but I never really liked it, but I'd really like to try again. And I was like, you need a guide! <laughs> so we just, every night, um, I would do my homework, um, Andy would eat Hot Pockets, and then when we were done with that, we would just play World of Warcraft every single night until the dawn, go get omelets. It was like the best friendship I ever had. Um, and I thought he was cute, and he was nice, and he lived with me. But I knew that things are temporary. Nothing matters. Why would I try and date this guy? This makes no sense. Uh, then the heat broke, like in a really low-budget porno. <laughs> and I, I was really, really cold, and, and I was like, oh, can, honey, can I share your bed? And we slept together every night. I mean, like, next to each other. Um, every night for, like, months and months. And then, like, it was spring, and we didn't need the heat anymore, and we were still doing that. And we're like, maybe we should have sex. You're here. I'm here. And then <laughs> we did this for a year. We were living together and, like, sharing our lives together for a year, and we were totally just friends. Um, eventually, I started saying things like, I think you might be my 16% boyfriend. And he's like, you know, you did a really good job healing in that raid last night. You might be my 27% girlfriend now. And we kept going like this, and I started getting the feeling that what if things don't always have to fade? What if things don't always have to crumble and be terrible and be bad and everybody gets sad and dies? And <laughs> so we are flying on our griffins, like you do. <laughs> and um, I'm in one room and he's in the other. And there's literally a wall between us. And um, every night we would, we'd be on Ventrilo, which is like a voice chat. Um, but today he wasn't using voice chat. And he messaged me. Da, da, da. 
What do you think about being my 100% girlfriend? And I thought about it, and I actually took way too long to answer. I actually freaked him out quite a bit. And he brought that up when we got engaged. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, you know what? Let's try this. Let, let's see how this works. And I realized that a lot of my, like, my shitty beliefs on myself and, and this really weird precedence of, like, meeting your soulmate at 12 years old um, was super unrealistic. And it took me, like, you know, 25 years to figure that out. Um, but we're 100% married now, and that's really cool. Um, we still play World of Warcraft together, which is really nice. And uh, I, I wish I could kick that, but I, I can't. Um, but uh, I'm hoping um, that I won't ever uh, kick him. And I think that's my whole story. Thank you for having me. Sweet and awesome. Congrats on finding love. So you don't have to give up at 15. You got to at least till you're like 23, 24. If you're past that, I don't know. I don't know, guys. Maybe it's too late for you. Who knows? Just fucking around. <laughs> Happy holidays. Uh, hey, is there, a, is there a Maggie Wagner here? Maggie Wagner, do you still want to tell a story? Maggie, please come up. First time. Oh god. Oh god. I'm gonna sit down too. I like it better. So this is this is a true story that is highly embellished. And it's called It's called When You Are Twelve Years Old. When you are twelve years old and you retire your backpack to the closet floor for June. And the dim memories of bleary school bus rides are already fading and are, pre- are replaced by something better. Something new, sparkling diamonds of summer currency. Two o'clock back-to-back reruns of The Fresh Prince. Industrial sides bags of imitation Captain Crunch. One can of Shasta a day. Hopefully a good flavor, like black cherry. If your brother left you nothing but that mountain mist green sludge, which he picks out at the store anyway... It may come to blows, because gross. No, you are in charge of lunch, and he will, and I will totally mix in a can of tuna into the boxed macaroni and cheese on the stove, and he will find it disgusting, and he will smirk. False alarm, though. Turns out there's a cream soda stashed in the corner, so it's orange powder mac, as usual, and an episode of Growing Paint, which you've already seen twice, uh... And you split the comic section with your brother and switch at the commercial break. Bonus, if dad calls and tells you to close up the windows and turn on the air conditioner. Uh, but subtract points if he just wants you to get a slab of pork loin out of the freezer for dinner. <laughs> Did you get a catalog in the mail? Score! <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Is it addressed to you or current residents? What's in it? Is it mostly furniture or long, flowing clothes on grinning women with short gray hair? No, 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 no. It's filled with cute donkey shoes and keychains and tiny little skirts that are too expensive and they don't come in your size anyway. Read it. Read it again. Uh, read it once more and fold down the page corners where there's something you want to buy. Okay. Some kids go to camp. Some kids go on vacation. These kids are chumps. <laughs> Getting structure. 
learning life skills. <laughs> you have life skills. Those crooked glasses frames and the bit to the quick fingernails, they belie a savvy individual who runs this household like a porky concierge. <laughs> a week, a week of chores nets you and your brother a solid $10 a piece by Friday. Hardly seems fair that all your brother had to do was sort cans and, and pick up after the dog. You have to vacuum Plus, do two piles of laundry every day, vacuuming and skilled labor. Plus, he can't even work the stove. You should be getting salary for supervision. Whatever. It's Friday. And if you play your cards right, you, your brother, and the kids across the alley can haul, hop on your bikes, and go up to the strip mall, movie theater, to see something. And the boys saw ads for Mortal Kombat, and that's all they can talk about. <laughs> Truth be told... You don't care what you see. You just want to watch the coming attractions and buy a box of raisinettes. And watch the boys power pedal up the Johnson Street Hill that's practically vertical. Spastic energy. You click the dial on your 10-speed down to 1 and take leisurely strides up the hill. Think of those chunky-heeled shoes and let your eyes glaze over. All right, guys, we have we have but one more story. This fella, Nerdalogs Emeritus, awesome friend, metal lover. I really think you and Jim would get along super well. I actually, Jim, a long time ago, I posted on your Facebook wall the first story that this fella ever told because it was about uh, loving Andrew Lloyd Webber and heavy metal, and it reminded me a lot of you. This is Andrew Bentley. very close track, and uh, right now, if we count all the hosts as well, uh, we have one more person uh, standing than sitting, so Whoa. I'm going to tie things up here. Oh, shit. Andrew Bentley, master of pollution. Yeah. All right. How do we account for a lost year? I don't mean... How do we explain the time, the, the myriad ways we wasted are usually painfully obvious? I mean, literally, on a ledger of credit, credits and debits, how do we weigh whether a loss has even occurred? How do we delineate red from black and determine whether net gain has outstripped our investment of heartbeats, the wear and tear on our precious carbon chains? The typically optimistic response would be that no year is wasted, but there's an underlying nihilism in that, and the implication that our lives have no goal or purpose beyond mere continuation. If year can be worthwhile, the opposite is true. Jonathan Larson would have me believe that you measure in love. But then he died the night before Rent premiered, so he never really got the chance to measure in $280 million, which <laughs> might have altered his perspective somewhat. Still, if we take his advice, I've done well in 2014. I found love this year in a way not only unprecedented in my life, but frankly, beyond any expectation I've allowed myself in over a decade. I'm also poorer, skinnier, and more frightened. I've lost my health insurance and gained a roommate, and fallen out of touch with any friends I knew within the context of bars 
or brunch or any activity requiring a principal investment. So if we measure in security or health or how easily we fall asleep at night, 2014 has not only been wasted but actively detrimental. So we can measure in freedom. When I quit my full-time job at the beginning of this year, I was liberated from a schedule that was becoming debilitating, stifling, oppressive. But the income, even if I didn't want to admit it, afforded me a level of improvisation in my free time which has been lost to me. Though I have more hours to fill, I have fewer options regarding that with which I fill them. Freedom, ironically, has been a trap. Or maybe it's our career. As individuals, it's up to us to set our life goals and pursue them and thereby measure the worth of the last 12 months, but is success that linear? So rarely is destiny forged by incremental gains. By luck or providence, most breakouts come from a single explosive event. And sure, the game is being there, the right time, the right place, but how do you perceive that without the vantage of ultimate hindsight? Maybe 20 years from now, you know, I could point to what the best decisions were, but for now, it's impossible. What I'm saying is, maybe we should measure in fantasy football. (laughs) Specifically, our college leagues and not our work leagues where we got tricked into trading Alfred Morris for Michael Vick and Nick Foles' injury left us with only Joe Flacco as our quarterback and Joe Gennaro beat us into the playoffs uh, because he won our same game by 0.1 points. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's the ticket. I'm going to use my college league, and I'll just... I'll, I don't really remember. I'll just i will just check here. I mean, oh, I'm in first place. Okay. Well, gosh, there we go. Uh, here's a convenient piece of quantifiable data, culminating coincidentally with the end of the calendar year, which allows me to rank myself against a cohort of my peers from similar educational and socioeconomic backgrounds. No handicaps here, no Surrey. And we can we can extract uh, usable information from here on our, on our strengths. Uh, for instance, this week I picked up the Rams' defense because they're playing the Skins, uh, proving both my foresight and my willingness, even as a DC native, to value the big picture over petty, pardon the implications, tribalism. Uh, I, I I was the first in my league to recognize Ronnie Hillman's worth and perfectly fine with letting him go after he horribly injured himself in the pursuit of our entertainment during a game I didn't actually watch. All of which proves... something. Um, I I defeated my my early game losses in the rematch. Adaptability. I picked up noted rapist Ben Roethlisberger when he started doing well. Forgiveness. Uh, I, I don't know whether Randall Cobb is black or white. Egalitarianism. Um, I do acknowledge it's probably one of those two. Pragmatism. (laughs) And Justin Forsett has made seven touchdowns this season, which proves I'm not a fundamentally rudderless vessel adrift on a sea of competing ambitions and conflicting loyalties, haunted by the specters not only of my past embarrassments, but of potential and future failures undoubtedly yet to come. (laughs) Oh, pardon me, eight touchdowns. So, belabored as it may now be, my point is I have no idea what to think of 2014. I avoid thinking of it really in the gestalt. For the the very first time this year, I've been focusing on the now and not the future. And that may very well have been a huge mistake. 
And as someone who can't even play straight through a computer RPG with one character at a time, who has to try a little bit of everything, thief, mage, fighter, planning the next playthrough I'll never finish, even while I'm grinding away at this one, the idea that I may have wasted my one and only 2014 is terrifying to me. It stirs me and shakes me and pins me in place all at once, like a paint mixer at Home Depot. (laughs) So how do I know? Do I find solace in the idea that a year is an abstract concept and solar orbit is a pretty meaningless way to mark my progress as a human being? Okay. But for throwing open the doors, then, I'm taking on the responsibility of thinking about 2013 as well, and 2012, and that time in seventh grade when I pinned Michael Shukis underneath the rolling chair while the teacher was out of the room because he was one of the only people less cool than me. And some of the other terrible things that I've heard or seen or, or said or done, are they still relevant? Can I leave them behind yet? Maybe the point of a year is that it ends. I can look at 2014, and I can take those few things that were worthwhile, and I can hold on to them. And the rest can go the way of my fantasy football team after I inevitably lose in the playoffs, just like every other year. And on January 1st, 2015, I'll still be here, and so will my problems. But so will all the things I brought with me. And I shouldn't ignore that. So maybe I was wrong at the very beginning. Maybe we do not account for a year, or maybe we do account for a year by explaining it. If we can do that, not just describe it, but honestly explain it, then while it might be wasted, it's never useless. And if I have no useless years, I think I can be happy with that. That and a sandwich. How about those bookends, man? James and Andrew giving us shit to think about. Uh, I'm just going to say, I guess, a little piece before we we close out the night with the tune. Uh, Has anyone read the Sandman comics? Mostly. They're very good. Uh, So there's this this runner throughout the whole 75-issue series. Every so often, uh, like, they, they do an issue where every hundred years, the main character, Dream, meets a guy named Hob Gadling in a bar in England because once in the 13th century, Hob said, I don't, I think that if you don't want to die, you just decide not to die. And Dream's like, alright, let's let this guy never die and we'll check in on him every hundred years and see how he does. Uh, and what's interesting is like the ups and downs of his life. Sometimes he's in the, dr- the dumps, you know, and sometimes he's uh, high on life, and a lot of times he's just kind of in the middle, and I think that's an interesting kind of uh, fantasy encapsulation of how life is for everybody, like sometimes things will be good, some, hopefully, sometimes things will be bad, uh, and I, I hope, you know, we can just enjoy the good times when we have them. I had a very good 2014, I hope you guys did as well, let's try to keep it going. That's all I want to say about that shit. Yeah! Um, Jim, why don't you sit in the middle? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so we're going to do another song... Shame Nathan's not here. So the boss put out a new album in 2014. Uh, this is also a cheap song. This song was written in 1994, five, six, somewhere in there. Uh, and then Rage Against the Machine covered it. And then about five or six years ago, Tom Morello came out to do the song with the E Street Band live. And then just this year, they recorded the studio version of it. And I really wanted to do it, but I'm like, we can't do it without a solo because it's Tom fucking Morello. You got to do the guitar solo. But I know Jim Snedeker. So, yeah, nope. no pressure again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So this is uh, a song called Ghost of Tom Jode by The Boss. Uh, one one thing my buddy Craig likes to say about this song, he's smart, uh, so I can't, take, I can't take credit for this. Maybe the most famous line in all the Springsteen canon is, Highways jammed with broken heroes on a last chance power drive. The chorus of this song is, The highway is alive tonight, but nobody's kidding nobody about where it goes. Inversions. Why? I don't think I know why. But it's something cool to think about. <laughs> Three, four.
says Mama River there's a cop beating the guy Wherever hungry newborn baby cries Where there's a fight against the blood and hatred in the air Look for me mama I'll be there Wherever there's somebody fighting for a place to stand job or a helping hand wherever somebody is struggling to be free look in their eyes ma you'll see me of old time Joe Well the highway is alive tonight But nobody's kidding nobody about where it goes I'm sitting down here in the campfire light With the ghost of old time Joe With the ghost of old time Joe With the ghost of old time Joe Yeah, I suppose I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The record scratch is tough on acoustic. If you guys saw us try to do BC Boys uh, earlier this year, Paul Revere, you know that doesn't translate <laughs> super well to an acoustic guitar. So, guys, I, I'm afraid we're. It looks like we're at the end of the night. Um, a tradition has been broken this year, unfortunately. So every year, at the annual episode, we have added an instrument to the Cover Stories repertoire. Two years ago, it was the melodica, a crucial part of Cover Stories' uh, arsenal. Last year, it was the ukulele, which I played twice, but that's okay. I'm not Zooey Deschanel. Uh, 
this year? I don't know. I, I, I just... I, Wait a minute. We got nothing. Wait a minute, Eric. Wait a minute. There's something here for you, Eric. What? Santa? Santa? I told you he exists. Oh, my God. I was right. Who did you this bit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm Nate Vector. You're on the very naughty list. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Wait, wait. Eric, what? I found something for you. What? Yes. Oh, yeah, Dwight needs that. This looks like a guitar, but it's like bigger and <laughs> thicker. Yeah, what? What is this? What, what yeah. is this? Oh. Huh. I didn't tune it. <laughs> Santa, Santa can't do everything for us. Guys, do you know? Oh, you got it. instrument this is? I don't know, but I'm like all about it. Oh, yeah? yeah. You're yeah. all about that bass? <laughs> yeah! Is your present tuned up? My present is tuned. Thank you, Santa. Thank you, Santa. I love you. <laughs> because you know I'm all about that bass. About that bass. No treble. I'm all about that bass. About that bass, no treble. I'm all about that bass. About that bass, no treble. I'm all about that bass. About that bass. Yeah, it's pretty clear. I ain't no size two, but I can shake it, shake it like I'm supposed to do. Cause I got that boom, boom that all the boys chase in all the right junk in all the right places. I see that magazine working that Photoshop. We know that shit ain't real. Come on now, make it stop. You know, booty, booty, and it drains them up. Cause every inch of you is perfect from the bottom to the top. Yeah, my mama, he told me, don't worry about your size. He says, boys like a little more booty to hold at night. No, I won't be no sick fingers in Cause you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no treble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no treble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no treble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass. Hey, I'm bringing booty back and tell them skinny bitches there. Now I'm just playing, I know you think you're fair. I'm here to tell you every inch of you is perfect from the bottom to the top. Yeah, my mom. She told me to worry about your size She said boys like a lead on my booty to hold at night Hey, no, I won't be no stick figure silicone Barbie doll So if that's what you're into, then go ahead and move along Because you know I'm all about that bass no treble, I'm all about that bass, about that bass. No treble, I'm all about that bass, about that bass. No treble, I'm all about that bass, about that bass. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass. I'm all about that 
Production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.